money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I am. That's great because this is the show where Dave and Reb, you and me, talk about the hard issues around money. Yes. Yeah. So welcome. And we've already gone through two months of 2020. 2020, the new decade, Mm -hmm. the the decade of debt freedom. Oh, that is awesome. That just came right off the top there. I know, the decade. I think I have to write that down. The decade of debt freedom. So... Um, there we've we've put that out there. It's 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 declared. And uh, guess what we're talking about today? Oh, I don't think we should tell them. They oh, I think we, I think we need to give them okay. a heads up. Because we're talking about the freedom and hope there is um, in paying off debt, mm-hmm. in addressing, in looking at, in yes, in and doing facing, something about right, and debt. facing it, and not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of things. Yeah, we're going to talk about debt. We're talking about some statistics around debt, and and what we can do in mm-hmm. this crazy world we live in to pay down our debt. So don't tune out. I mean, we know that sometimes debt is a dirty word, and that's why we're we're putting it right out there first. Don't <laughs> tune out. Don't don't switch the channel. Don't find another podcast. But if you happen to go, you know, I'm going to switch to another podcast, then go to morethanenough.ca and listen to one of our other podcasts. <laughs> if you can't handle it today, great. Listen to to one of the other. Again, all of our podcasts are hosted on chri.ca um, on their new app. If you haven't tried the chri app, uh, go to chri and download the app and, and all of the podcasts are there. And of course, they're on our website. And if you get it on a podcasting platform, Great. We love it. Rate us. Say yes, you like us and, and do that. That's very helpful. So let's jump in, Reb. Okay. I'm good to jump in. Do you have some verses that you want to well, share? Well, here's the thing. So my daughter wanted to know the other day what the red, all the 20 red books were on our shelf. Mm. And I said, well, those are from the past. Those are ancient encyclopedias. What is, what's an encyclopedia? And I'm like, well, it's Google really, except our version of Google before the internet. And uh, so the reason I say that, I was thinking about that because I don't know what it would look like. I didn't go to the encyclopedia and go look to see what debt says, if there is a D, you know, Mm -hmm. debt. Mm -hmm. But I did go to Google and I thought, I wonder if I Google verses about debt, what will pop up? Because as a follower of Christ, we're always... We, we avoid the subject of debt and money often. I mean, I think it's changing a little bit. We just don't want to face the stuff. And we wonder, well, what is God saying to me? What about this? What about that? Well, it's, we always say there's over 2,350 verses about money and possessions in scripture. So when you Google how to, what does the Bible say about debt? You get this. Romans 13, verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. In other words, don't owe people money, just owe them love. 
Proverbs 22, verse 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. If you've listened to us before, Dave quotes that one all the time. Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. I mean, you can park yourself on those three verses for all of 2020. To re- If you are serious about debt repayment and changing how you do things financially, Google what does the Bible say about debt and just park yourself on those verses. Meditate on them, read them, stick them on your fridge, put them in the front of your journal, stick them on the dashboard of your car. If you're serious about this, this is one way to get the truth of God in us. So, you know, the one and the one that jumps out at me is the Psalm 37, you know, the wicked borrows and does not repay. And I'm like, maybe we should make stickers that we put on our credit card that says the wicked borrows and does not repay and have that stuck on your credit card. Like, I, yeah, ooh, that, that's a little convicting. I'm I, feeling that one. Well, I, I am too, actually. I was, I was listening to a podcast this week by Danielle Strickland and she talks about the tension that scripture creates. And if we're honest as Christians and followers of Christ, you read the Bible and it is not easy. Like, well, it, it and rubs, that's some serious language. It does. Here. It rubs up against you. So you're like, if, if you have credit card debt and you're not repaying it, the Bible doesn't, God doesn't. Ouch. Yeah. He, I was, <laughs> he, he says, and we're going to say it out loud. The wicked borrows and does not repay. And we don't want to be put in that category. I don't want to be put in that category. Yeah, that's really serious. A L- little bit of conviction uh, that, with that Psalm 37 verse, because I mean, the, those are the kind of verses that smack you up a little bit and say, wow, like, okay. So as you know, our big, one of the topics that we talk, when we talk about debt is debt is not a sin. It is a burden. And we got to come up with a plan to pay off our debt, to get rid of it, and figure out a way that we can live without using debt. I mean, if, if there's anything in terms of the core message that we talk about at More Than Enough and, and every day, that's a big part of it, is yes. simply to say, listen, wherever you are right now, whatever your financial situation is, if you are carrying debt, let's face it, let's Let's do what we're doing today. Let's talk about it in in because I mean, if you listen are listening to us for the first time, you're going to be like, "Oh man, these people are judgy and whatever." <laughs> but I like I I'm I think this is the tension that I find. I love that word. Danielle Strickland calls it tension. There is a tr- tension when we read scripture and we look at our life and we know that they're not aligned. We know also that people get sick. People lose their jobs. People use all of their savings. And then the one tool that our society provides is debt, is credit cards, credit line. And we go into that so we can actually put food on the table. Sometimes that's the story. Mm-hmm. And and we don't, if you're unemployed, you don't have capacity to pay that debt back. And then that to me is where the tension of the scripture lies because you don't set out. Some of us aren't setting out with, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend more money than I make, or I'm gonna lose my job and just sit on the couch and eat bonbons. Like 
That's not what people are intending to do. And this is where the, the tension of scripture comes in, which is where I like. Well, and, and again, if we want, we want to look at all the scriptures. And again, there's, there's many scriptures that talk about debt. Uh, again, using your Google, uh, you can Google a lot more. I mean, when we're talking about this, one of the scriptures that we, that, that pops right into my mind is, is, is from Isaiah. And, and he basically says, listen, if, if you find yourself in debt, then, do everything within your power to get out as quickly as you can. Right. Right. Oh, sorry. That's a proverb. That's from Proverbs six. Yes, yeah, Proverbs. And 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 he just you know the writer d- just says, listen, um, face it, address it. Don't let sleep come to your eyes. Don't. I mean, he's basically saying let's 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 get to work in getting out of debt. And I think you know when we talk about debt in our current culture, we are lulled to sleep. Our entire culture, the default position, if, if you uh, simply don't really pay attention to your finances and you just go about your daily life spending and, and, and you're going to end up in debt. That, that's the default position because that's our culture. The messaging of our culture is simply there's so many cool, great, wonderful things, places, uh, events to go to. There's lots of ways to spend money. In fact, we can spend way more money than we make without even thinking about it. I mean, yeah, that's I, just the culture I, we're in. Yes. Right. But I, this is, but this is the tension for me because we meet people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. We meet people who do spend and don't think about it, make really great money. And they're, they're mm-hmm. in a lot of debt, have great capacity for debt repayment. Then there are the people that I described who are, who are emotionally spent, weary, exhausted. Mm-hmm. And that, that maybe is a different show and a different discussion to talk about what do you do with your debt when you're in that place? Mm-hmm. Because I, but for the purpose of those who are listening, we are really aiming at, you've got debt, you have the capacity to repay it, but you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. If, as Dave Ramsey, we recently heard, if you make an income, you can save for retirement, mm-hmm. right? There's no reason in our culture that if you make a decent wage that you can change some of your behaviors to pay down that debt and save for the future. Well, and, and, and there's, again, all kinds of, in a sense, ways to look at it. Uh, for example, you know, if you find yourself in debt, and you're saying, wow, I, I can't save for my retirement, Reb. That, like, that's, that's just out of my context. Well, wait a minute. You are making an interest payment, and that interest payment is actually stealing the money that you could be putting in savings, but you're paying an interest on the debt you have now. So, yes, I get it. Before you can save money for, for the future, we need to address the debt. Um, and statistics shows that over and over again. I mean, the, the statistic that we, we see very clearly from, from Revenue Canada is just that Canadians are, are saving, and I think it's, it's less than 2% now. Um, it's around the 2% I don't, I, you mark. You know what? I don't even have that stat. But, well, we'll just say I know it's around the 2% mark, but, you know, we're spending about 11 to 13% on just servicing our debt. Well, wait a minute. Um, that service, that debt servicing number, well, if we could get that down to 2% or 1% or zero, 
then we actually would statistically even we'll have some money. So all the money. So you're saying basically in very layman's terms that if we took the money that we're paying in interest, if we no longer had that debt, if we took that money and put it into our savings or retirement or into our giving, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. um, helping others that we'd be way better off. And right. And and we're, I mean, right now in the studio, we're surrounded by these stats. So at the end of 2019, Manulife and CIBC and everybody has their different polls and surveys come up with some numbers. End of the decade. It's end of the decade, right? So two thirds, 67% of Canadians, according to Manulife survey, are in debt, assume everyone else is as well. Um, One in 10 in debt say they're in over their head and need help controlling their situation. Uh, Then you've got over half of indebted millennials... Mm-hmm. who feel in control of the situation indicate that technology has helped them manage their debts. So there's a, a, a positive mm-hmm. a part of that poll. But, I mean, we know it. We see it in our... Well, and, and one of the stats that CIBC put out, which I think is very indicative of, of just where the mindset is, is that, you know, over 20%, 21% of Canadians make their financial debt debt repayment their financial resolution for 2020 right it's wow. it's 20 percent of us in canada are saying listen let's get we, it a we, debt. we have to address this debt issue we have to do something um otherwise well we're not sure what's going to happen but but that's our top financial priority where um you know when we look at statistically that that now has eclipsed the Number one financial priority used to be saving for the future. It used to be, uh, you know, we're of the boomer gen. We're, no, 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 we're, we're, we're not. We're Gen, gen X. We're gen- the boomer generation or the generation above us, and they were the ones who said our number one financial priority is is putting money in savings so that we can retire and that our kids can go to university. Those two things were happening in the sense of in the the boomer generation, right. and that has. You know, essentially shifted in, in again we're going to use the gen x generation and then now the millennials are looking at it and saying well what do we do now because we're living in this culture where we don't think we'll ever be out of debt in fact half of half of the millennials say well that's just that well it's interesting because manulife's actual um the stats, they look at millennials, they look at boomers, and they look at our Gen X generation. That is the one thing that that households have in common that people are saying uh, 42% of millennials, 49% of Gen Xers, and 31% of boomers are worried they'll never get out of debt. Mm-hmm. Like that's a large percentage of Canadians. I mean, so, if, you know, again, one in three Canadians go, well, debt is just a normal part of life it's just but but they're not saying nor they're they're worried about it Mm -hmm. which doesn't do anything for our mental health or our stress levels um then the same percentages they all those generations are saying that our spending is increasing faster than our income now we know the world we live in and the cost of everything is going up and often our income is not going up man i say we we well, mentioned and, and, all the- and we don't have to go much further than 
the um, and, and we focus on this a lot at more than enough that that part of our finances that is the fixed portion it's the you know it's the rent or the mortgage payment it's the 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 monthly payments that are regular monthly payments and and it's the housing costs, the transportation costs, the, the, um, you know, even our debt repayment costs, you know, those fixed costs that happen every month. When we see that part of people's finances, you know, 80%, 70%, in that 70 to 80% of their income is spent before they even get, bring the paycheck home. Right, we call those the four walls. All those it's just keeping the lights on and a roof over our head and gas in the car and and food in our bellies. Mm-hmm. You know, those essential things that you think oh, and and that has has significantly been impacted by the increase in expenses compared to the increase in income and saying yes, we we've, we've seen increases in income. But we've also seen, and we know that the economy is very fragile. And as you said on the opening of the show, well, it doesn't take too much to set somebody back. And, no, and you know, uh, hey, I'm transitioning jobs and I'm off for two or three weeks. And, and again, uh, where's that money going to come and from we're, that we're I'm that, not generating? We, we are that The margin close. is that narrow. Yeah. Didn't, who, who's told us the stats that... Did he say 50% of Canadians? He had heard it on a radio show last week. Our friend Lauren Jackson, that 50% of Canadians are $200 away from insolvency, mm-hmm. which is like, so I'm, I'm hearing us and I'm like, okay, how is this bringing any hope yeah, and freedom? What an to encouraging end- <laughs> show you have there, Reb. <laughs> okay, but this is us facing the facts and it doesn't look good. Um, there's all kinds of reasons we have debt. But I think the shift has to come in our thinking now about how are we spending, what are we spending on. You know, I know that families, at least in our area where we're living, there there are is a reduction in involvement in um, some of the activities like dance or music or any of those things because families just are getting to a place where they're cutting things out because it's it's just extra. And it happens to be all those good things that are healthy for our kids and art that is great for our kids. You know, you get down to those four walls and that's what it is. But those are some of the decisions that we have to make that that listeners have to make mm-hmm. and say, how serious are we about this? And if we're serious, I think, uh, what is it going to take? And are, we love Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 at our office. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what the good and pleasing perfect will of God is for you. We can't think like the world thinks. Mm -hmm. We have to align with what God says. And as we've said today, he's like, you know, he, it's, it's like, it's that verse that you were quoting. It's the, uh, like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, Mm -hmm. you know, get out of debt as best you can. But what does that take? And sometimes it's going to take some radical changes and radical thinking. And I, I don't know what that means for you specifically, who, those of you who are listening, your story is unique to you, but I know one who knows your story and that is the Lord and that he is our helper and he is our deliverer and you turn to him with your debt and he will come to your aid. He'll show you a way and you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. I think part of a, our issue with debt is because we've become isolated 
we we've I've said it before. We don't share what we have. Hmm. We or we don't ask for. Can I borrow your hammer? I mean, some of us as women go to our neighbors and say, "Could you have a cup of sugar?" And then. You know, we do those things maybe, but do we even do those things? And will sharing and being doing community a bit better and relying on one another for the things that we don't have that we might need? You know, can we do that and therefore stops us from going and spending money that otherwise we would have spent because we weren't in community? I think that's one little piece, but I think we have to go to the Lord with our debt. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think, uh, again, part of that, the, the debt question is really, you know, step number one is, is recognizing that and committing more than just a recognition, but, but committing to say, you know what, in, in, in this year, we're going to reduce the amount of debt that we have from where it is now to something less in, in this year. Um, you know, what we do know is, is it's not very often that I've heard that there's like this, you know, magic wand to, to wave <laughs> over my debt. We've seen the visa. We've seen those <laughs> visa commercials where all of a sudden, oh, the visa card just disappears. It doesn't happen that way. But it, it does start with this, with just saying, you know what, we're going to face it. We're going to commit and we're going to start intentionally putting some money towards it. What does that look like? And, and for each of us individually, that's that's part of the process of just figuring out how do we do that. And that takes communication. If you're in a relationship with a spouse, then it takes real communication. You both have to be on the same page. You both have to decide that you're going to do this together. It may mean, hey, we're going to start looking for extra income um, from different places. Uh, you know, we often quote Dave Ramsey from Financial Peace. I mean, one of his famous uh, quotes is, is, sell so much stuff the kids think they're next. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that quote because it, it it talks to the the commitment. It talks to the this is what it's gonna take for you in this culture, in our current culture, to to push back against the tide. And Reb, you mentioned Romans twelve. This is what it's gonna de- take to to have our minds transformed. Because, and we've said it before, if we don't push back, if we don't do something intentional, then we will, because we are a debt culture. I mean, even in the Manulife survey that we have in front of us, they call us Gen Debt. Gen D. Gen D. It's yep. Gen Debt. And we are the debt culture. And, but we don't, we want to be called in this decade, like you've said, the debt freedom culture. Mm-hmm. We want to be those who are pursuing it, um, doing even the smallest intentional thing but you can't do it alone and and, and that's i know that's part of what we do it more than enough we do financial coaching we help people we come alongside people we just stand there with you we ask try and ask some good questions about your priorities and what you want you you've got to figure that out but you've got to be intentional and then commit to it you've got to do it with the lord and you do it in community because we can't do it you need encouragement you fall in the ditch you don't need someone just leaving you there or kicking sand in your face you want someone to reach out a hand and say get up okay so you failed this month or this week get back up what are we going to do to recover I, I mean that's where the hope is that's the hope of being in community so if you're and, and i'm gonna throw maybe maybe just a, a little bit of reality in there we, we started the show with my little epiphany saying the decade of debt freedom well 
it's going to take some time. Yes. And and just just recognize that it's going to take the time. Again, we're in a culture where we think, well, it's instantaneous. If I, if I don't reduce <laughs> my debt in the next month, well, then there's no hope and I'm going to give up and I throw my hands up and, and I just go shopping. But the reality is, is it may take 10 years for you to... To, to move that ship from, from a ship that is, is under the burden of debt to one that's floating above it and saying, we no longer have any consumer but, debt. But you say that and you think someone says, 10, Ten years. years. I don't, and then you throw in the towel and think, ah, you know, why bother? Well, bother. Mm-hmm. And why is it important? One, God says it in his word. Don't be a slave to the lender. You are enslaved. One of the comments made in the stats was that people actually feel that three in 10 Canadians in debt say that that debt makes them feel like they aren't unable to do the things that they enjoy. You may be it takes money to do stuff in our culture in the kingdom of God. You, maybe you're feeling like, well, you, you can't give like you'd want and, and it all overwhelms you and you feel like it does. It feels like you're piled underneath this burden of debt. We get it. David and I have been there. We, we, we have moments like our, when our cars went in January and you both of them within two days and you're stuck at the side of the road. I was stuck at the side of the road in both of those anyway. And then you have, you know, do you buy a new car? Well, do you have the cash to buy the new car? No, you don't. So we're going to fix them. But you're like, you know, how many hundreds of dollars later? You're like, oh, that was not expected. That's our thousand dollar week. Right? That's the thousand dollar unexpected thousand dollar week. And, you know, for some of us, that's a really small number. For some of us, that's a big number. It doesn't matter what the number is. Mm-hmm. It's what are we going to do to repay that? Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully, we have an emergency cushion and we are very happy we have an emergency cushion. But and on the practical note, we right now are in the middle of rebuilding, rebuilding our emergency, emergency cushion because Lord knows we're going to have another one of those well, sometime. Well, and we also had wisdom teeth pulled out from one of our sons. <laughs> so that's a whole other story. Uh, you know, you have five kids. Things cost money. But the point is, we don't do it alone. We don't do it in isolation. We we even moan to some people, do you know how much this cost us? You know, not in a complaint, but to get it off our chest. Okay, so we only have a few minutes left. <sighs> but but I think in light of what you're talking about with the community, I want to share the little car thing from my perspective. Oh, yeah, okay. So here, Reb is driving the car. I won't say that she has a heavy foot or anything like that on the radio, but but the fact is, is the car breaks down, and it it was one of those uh, those breakdowns that essentially there was no going to be no forward momentum of the car at all. So when the car came to a stop, it was going to stop wherever it was going to stop. Right. And Reb made it through basically two intersections and into a parking lot. Yes, and that and was a meeting her in that yeah. parking lot was a friend. Yes. And that friend picked her up when they determined that we're not going anywhere. And they called that friend picked her up and drove her to me where the car was. And Reb was able to get home and be with our kids. And and it it was a little bit of a, oh, what are we going to do? But it worked out partially because we we have community. We have community. And then I was at work without a car. And a friend of ours drove from their place, picked me up at the office. We went and looked at the car. Again, 
community. It, it is. It, it is. It cost it, us literally nothing for me to find to get home from work and find out what was wrong with the car. Yes, I have the ability to, to see. And then we decided, okay, what is the plan going forward? And we made a plan. And but we, here's the the piece of that that day. So I know we have one minute left, but it was because I asked. Mm-hmm. I asked for help. I asked for help from our friend because I didn't want to be up till midnight going back into Ottawa and picking you up because of the way our situation was. And he was gracious enough to say, oh, yeah, I'll go in with him. So, uh, I mean, off the top of my head, that cost, we'd say it was a $1,000 week, but it had the potential to be a $2,000 week. And it... So we look at it and go, well, wait a minute, thousand dollar a week is is a hard hit, but because of community, because of of just God's grace to us, and and you know, living in that place, we go, okay, it's a thousand dollar week. We have it in our emergency cushion. It, it wasn't a two thousand dollar week, and thank the Lord for that, because you could have been stuck in an intersection waiting yeah. for a tow truck to pick you up that was going to cost you five hundred bucks easy. Like yes. but that could have been. Yeah. We got to pray. Okay, Lord, I just thank you for that story. I thank you for community, and I thank you that we can just ask you and ask the people around us for help. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I pray that the listeners would be able to activate that asking Mm -hmm. in their life this week. In Jesus' name. And I want to leave you with one thought, the decade of debt freedom. Make that your mantra over the next number of, of months and even years, that you will commit to that. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.